to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and turn to the book of Luke. We're going to be Luke chapter 22. And today is our friends and family uh, Sunday. We, kinda, we recently started picking this back up. Next year, we have planned to do this. Um, not every month, but every other month, so that we can really spend some time inviting people, getting ready if we want to do anything uh, special, anything different. Um, and since I'm on the topic, of, um, if, you, if you're here and you ever want to volunteer in every area, I just I have to throw this out there. Please let us know. We, we, have, we have so many uh, ministries that would love to use your help. Amen. Including Kidstown, uh, Bridges, Ushers, the worship team. I'm even looking for some preachers um, in 2020 that we can begin developing and, 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 and you know, bringing in-house uh, preachers. Amen. So we're always looking for help. Don't hesitate to let someone know. And if your excuse is, well, I don't know who to talk to. Talk to me, bro. Just talk to me. Reach out to me on, on Facebook, Instagram. Call me, text me. Just, just let me know. We want you to, to get involved. And, and, and so since today is our Friends and Family Sunday, I wanted to bring a message on one of the greatest uh, friendships that we see in Scripture, and that's of Peter and Jesus. These guys were very close friends, almost best friends. And chances are you have a very, uh, you have a, a close friendship uh, like, like this, and you have really good friends and, and friendships and relationships, and in your head, maybe you're the Jesus and they're the Peter. I'll let you be the judge of that. But we all have very close friendships where we can talk to someone like their, their family, their a brother or a sister. We're, we're, we're comfortable around them. We, can, we don't have to be fake. We don't have to be anyone else. We can be ourselves. We can say offensive things to them. They can say offensive things to us. And at the end of the day, we're still going to be friends because that's, that's just how you do it. You put up with their, with their drama. My prayer, and, and, and I want you to know this, my prayer really is that if you have a best friend, and they don't come to church. They don't have a relationship. They're not walking with, with Christ. My prayer is that they get saved and they come to church with you. Because that's got to be a good time. I've got some really good friends here. And it, it's, it's awesome worshiping together and growing together, um, developing. So that's my prayer for you. Let's, let's make that happen, okay? Let's make that happen. So I want to talk about a few events here in the story of this beautiful friendship between Jesus and Peter. The title of my message today is the failure friend, the failure friend. I'm going to give you pretty much the end of my sermon here, um, but it's essential to the rest of the message, so, so, so don't leave, okay? Um, when it comes to us and Jesus, we are the failure friend, right? We're, we're the ones who fail him every day. We're the ones that mess up. We're the ones that aren't good enough. It's never him. We are the ones who aren't worthy of his friendship, yet he still chooses to call us friend. That's awesome. And so to illustrate that, I want to begin with Luke 22, verses 31 through 34. If you're there, give me an amen. Let me know you're with me. Luke 22, 31 through 34, it says this. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. 
Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Amen. You guys ever have a friend who's a sellout? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like a bona fide sellout. Like that's, that's what they do. Like you, you make plans with this person and, and you're texting each other and you set up the date and you set up the time, you set up the restaurant that you're going to be meeting at, you even exchange messages like, I can't wait for this to happen, but you don't even bother putting it on your calendar because you know it's not going to happen. You know something's going to come up, you know there's going to be some type of family emergency, someone's going to get sick, right? These are the friends that you're so confident in their lack of loyalty as a friend to you that you send them an invitation to your child's, and I have friends like this, you send them an invitation to your child's birthday party, and even though they RSVP, you still don't include them in the headcount because you know they're not going to show up. They're all talk, yet you still choose to see past their imperfections as a friend, and you, you still count them as a friend. Peter was that friend to Jesus. Peter was the guy who talked the talk, but he couldn't walk it. The Bible doesn't say this, but, you know, Peter kind of strikes me as the, the guy who was always kind of jealous anytime someone approached Jesus, anytime someone wanted to befriend Jesus. Like, Peter, like, kind of gave them a stink eye. Like, what are you doing? That's my friend. And forget, like, if they wanted to make, like, lunch plans, like, you know, Jesus and someone else, like, Peter would probably get really, really hurt, right? I just imagine that that's the type of friend that he was. He, he was also a, a kind of a show-off. He always wanted to be seen by Jesus. He always wanted to impress Jesus. He wanted to be first. He wanted to have, have his turn to speak. He's probably the one where Jesus was uh, teaching the disciples and asked them a question. And, and Peter's probably the first one to raise his hand. He doesn't even have, have the answer. He was probably clingy. You guys all have that, that clingy friend, right? <laughs> or maybe you're the clingy friend. I was, I was clingy uh, uh, towards Danny and Maritza, actually, when they were dating after church, every Sunday, they'd be talking outside, you know, Danny would be busting the Mac on, on his new girlfriend. I'd be like, where are we going to eat, guys? You know, I'd, I'd hop, on, hop in the back seat, and they probably didn't want me around. Finally, my dad finally told me something. I was like, Ryan, leave them alone. They don't, they, they need their alone time. And I was like, but they love me, you know. And Peter was that friend to Jesus. And, and he's also the friend that's always down. You, always, you have that friend that's always down for everything, right? Like, Peter, let's walk on water. Down. Ready to do it. Peter, let's do some miracles. I'm down. I got you. He was that friend who was also ready to throw down. When Jesus was getting arrested, Peter uh, whips out his sword. He cuts off the ear of a, a, a centurion guard. He's a gangster like that, man. And he says right here in this verse, Lord, anything that you need, I'm your guy. I'm with you. I ain't no punk. I'm ready to die with you. But then in verse 34, Jesus kind of shed some light on who Peter really is. Don't you hate when that happens? When God really kind of exposes some of that dirt that you didn't even know was there. And he says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster's not going to crow this day until you deny that you know me three times. And so my first point that I'm going to draw you to this morning is that Jesus is a knowing friend. Jesus is the knowing friend. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves, church. God knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows that you're thinking, man, Pastor Ronnie's hurry up, I'm hungry. He knows what you're thinking. He knows your desires. He knows your faults. Those things that no one else knows, he knows. He knows what you're going to do before you even contemplate 
doing it. He knows what season you're about to enter, what state of mind you're going to be in. He knows that you're going to be in a bad mood most days. He knows that you're going to be at church faking a smile. He knows that even though you're singing of his goodness, you're not quite sure you believe it. He's the knowing friend. And, and, and what's so awesome and comforting to me is that Jesus still calls me friend, even though he knows that tomorrow I'm going to be a terrible friend to him. You know, I always thought that it'd be cool to know everything, like literally to be all-knowing. I felt like, man, that's, that's got to be cool. I would love to be all-knowing because you, you, you only think about the, the way that you'd benefit from it, right? Like I, I could play the stock market. I could pick the right stock. I'll be a billionaire within a, a few weeks, you know. I could, I could play the, the, the lotto, and it's not going to be gambling because I, 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 I'm all-knowing, right? Like I know what's, what, what, what's gonna, what the numbers are going to be. It'd be so cool to be all-knowing. I could predict the weather. I'd have all the answers. That'd be cool. But we don't realize how painful it must be for God to know everything there is to know about us. Because you think about it. You're at church, and, and, and we say things like, God, I love you. God, I adore you. God, I, I would never sell you out, God. I'm here for you, God. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to be devoted to you. But he knows a scenario in which you would sell him out. He knows just what it would take for you to stop coming to church. He knows. In Peter's mind, Peter genuinely believed that he would never sell out Jesus. But Jesus knew what it would take for Peter to deny him. That had to be painful. That had to be painful for Jesus to see that in his head playing out. It would be painful for me to see a scenario in which my wife would stop loving me. It, it might be painful to know that, that some of the people who say are your friends really don't like you that much. They talk about you when you're not there. When they said that they didn't read the text message because they didn't see it, they didn't get it, they saw it. They just ignored it. That's painful. See, because people hide behind They're fake words sometimes, but if you knew everything, you'd see right past it, and it would hurt. And I love this passage because Jesus, and I want you to listen, Jesus is commissioning Peter even before Peter fails miserably. He's commissioning Peter. He's giving him an assignment that Peter doesn't even deserve, not because of what he did in the past, but but what he's going to do. He says, Simon, this is verse 31, uh, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned, strengthen your brothers. Peter's probably like, what are you talking about, Jesus? What what, What are you speaking of? Satan have me? Me. Satan have me. You're praying for me? You're praying for 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 my faith? You don't have to do that. I'm, I'm good. Jesus, you worry too much. You worry too much. I, I've got your back. Don't you see that? Like, I've been here with you. I've been through it all. We've, we've, we've done all these, you know, these miracles. Well, you've done all the miracles, but I was right there with you, you know. Like, I, I've got your back. I'm ready to die with you. There's no need for me to turn again because I'm not going to turn in the first place. See, Jesus knows something about you today, church, that you don't know yourself. He does. He knows that today you might be stronger than ever in your faith, but tomorrow you're going to be weak. He knows that 
It's crazy. God knows the time and the date of your next sin. He knows it. He sees it. He knows what's going to prompt it. He knows that you weren't prepared enough spiritually. He knows that you weren't reading your Bible. You weren't coming to church. You, you, you let your guard down. He knows it. He knows the hour of your next miserable mistake. But isn't it great that even though he has that knowledge, today he is still calling you to something greater. Something that you're not worthy of. And if, I, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know in my mind what would. Because God is calling you to something that, that you're not worthy of. Something that, that you would never receive by your own merit. And today you might think, well, I, I would never fail him like that. I would never, I, Jesus, I'd never be ashamed of you. I'll never get tired of worshiping you, Lord. I'm always going to be fired up. I'm always going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm always going to be dragging my kids to, to church because they need to know. I'm never going to stop loving you. And even with the knowledge of your next colossal mistake, church, he is still calling you friend. Praise God. You know, there's people who say, I don't want to go to church because I'm not good enough. Have you heard of those people before? I, I don't want to go into there because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. I don't, I don't want to come to Christ because I know I'm just going to fail him the, the, the moment I accept him. Like, I'm, I'm not good enough. And I'll tell you that that's the truth. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. No one's good enough. In your relationship between you and Jesus, Jesus is a 10 and you're not even on the scale. That's how it is. The grace of God is always going to be carrying your slack every day. And you're, there's going to be days where you're on the floor and you're like, God, I don't want to do anything. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And, and, and God is going to turn around. He's going to be like, I created you. You putting yourself down is an insult to me as your creator. Don't say you're not good enough. Because that's an insult to me. There are going to be times, church, where, where, where you're walking and it's like, you're, you're walking so blindly that you're, you're about to fall off a cliff and, 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 and God is going to have to reach you down with, with his hand for the millionth time. But he knows that already. He knows, he knows where you're going. He knows your next mistake. He knows your next failure. I saw a quote uh, this week that said something like, when God, called, when God called you, he accounted for your stupidity. <laughs> that's, that's good. You'll, you'll, you'll ne- we're never going to be good enough. But, but he still loves me. God still loves you. He still wants you. He still has a purpose in mind for you. Even though, even though, someone say that with me this morning. Even though, even though I might fail, even though I'm going to fail, even though I'm going to mess up, even though I'm going to do something that is not worthy uh, for him to call me friend, he still chooses to call me friend. He still chooses to love me. He still chooses to, to have a, a purpose in mind for me. He hasn't forgotten about me. And I want to I wanna skip down here to verse 54. This is where uh, the event that Jesus foreknew actually takes place. It says, they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, 
Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are, the, you are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Man, think about that moment. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So my next point I want to draw you into about Jesus is, first, he is the knowing friend, but second, he's, he's the unsurprised friend. He's unsurprised because he knows all things. God isn't surprised when w- what he knows would happen actually happens. And I take comfort in that. I take comfort in, in that because when I fail God, he doesn't need time to process it like a lot of us do. He doesn't need to think about, oh man, what am I going to do with Danny? What am I going to do with him? Can't believe he did that. See, if I failed you as a friend, that might surprise you. And I hope I would never fail you as a friend. And I hope it would surprise you because you don't expect that of me. But if I did, you'd probably be surprised by it. You probably would be hurt by it. You're not really sure how we can move forward, how we can salvage this friendship. You might even think, man, I guess I'm going to have to go to another church because I don't want to see Ryan anymore. I need, I need to keep my distance from him. But God doesn't need time to process things. God doesn't need time to think about how he's going to deal with you. See, Jesus already had a plan in place for Peter before the event even took place. It's, it's, like, it's like the father who's teaching you know, his child how to ride a bike, you know, with, with no training wheels. He's not surprised when the kid falls, right? When the kid falls, it's not like, oh my God, what am I going to do? He goes inside, okay, let's, let's figure this out. We got to watch some more YouTube videos because you can't be falling like this. No, no. He knows that you're going to fall. It's going to happen. He has the game plan for it. When, it. when it does happen, he's got a speech prepared, right? When, when, Layla, when Layla first started riding her bike, we went, to a, we went to Academy, and I had been telling her, Layla, let's buy you a new bike, because the one that she had was, it was, it was like a little toy, and every time she would ride it, handlebars would hit, uh, hit, hit her, her knees. And, and I'm like, Layla, you need a new bike. And she has attachment you know, issues. And, uh, so she, she, she said no for a long time, but I finally convinced her. I took her to Academy. She knew what I was up to. We went to breakfast, and I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look for something at Academy. And she was like, no, I don't want to go. I know what you're doing. She said that. I know what you're doing. So I took her to Academy, and we looked at some different bikes, and we saw some princess ones, and she, she rode them, and I got her all excited. We got her the helmet. We got her everything. Um, and, and I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to get this bike. It's your big girl bike, and, and, and we're going to go to the park, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to ride this thing. And so I bought it, spent way too much money, shouldn't have done that, but we bought it. I took it to the park, and I, uh, I remember I, 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 I got her ready, put her helmet on, and, and I got to her level like this. I love these dad moments, man. Like, I take pride in, like, these dad moments. And I'm like, Layla, look at me in the eye. This is serious. <laughs> she was looking at me. I was like, okay, um, this is going to be hard. You don't, know, you don't know how to do this. There's not enough strength in your little legs right now. I'm, I'm telling her all this. I'm like, and you're going to fall. 
because to get started, to build momentum, you're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to put your weight on one side and you're probably going to lose your balance and it's going to fall. And I'm just letting you know right now, I'm I'm probably not going to catch you because you need to do this. And she doesn't really know what I'm saying. She's like, okay, let's do it. And sure enough, she fell. Sure enough, she got frustrated because she's just like me when I, when I can't do something, I get so frustrated. Sure enough, all, everything that I said would happen, it happened. And I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by it. And I think that she took comfort in that because had I been surprised, well, that would have kind of freaked her out. One time she, she hit her head and it, it swelled up right away and, and my face was like, oh my God, she is, what is happening right now? She started freaking out. Because I was surprised. <laughs> but, but if I expect something to happen, she takes comfort in that. If I expect her to fall, if I expect her to fail in the midst of all of that, and I'm still telling her you can do it, it's sending her a message that I still believe in her in, despite any failure. So take comfort in that this morning, that, that, that Jesus wants to be your friend even though he knows when you're going to fail. He sees it. He knows it. He, he sees it. He, ex, he, he expected it. But he still has a plan for your victory. He still has a plan for your redemption, for your growth, for your maturity. He still has a plan for you to get out of the slump that you're in. He still has a plan for you not to stay down forever, but to be victorious. He has a plan for that. And he calls you friend. And this is my last point, and I'll be done. Jesus is the forgiving friend. This is John chapter 21, 15, and 17. This is following the same story. It says this. It says, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? You guys know this verse. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Then he said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. There's that knowing friend again. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. All right, I need to break this apart real quick because it's kind of hard to understand exactly what it means. Um, There are two different words for, for love that are being used in this passage. One, one word that Peter uses, one word that Jesus uses. Jesus is using the word agape, which refers to like the highest form of love. It's, it's the way that God loves us. It's unconditional. It's powerful. It's the highest form. It's probably the way that, that you love your children. That's agape love. And so when, when, when Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? He's using that form. Peter is responding with the Greek word phileo, which means more of a friendly, brotherly type of love. It's where we get the name Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And so for the first two times, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me with the highest form of love there is to describe love? And Peter says, well, I mean, I love you like a friend. I love you like, I love you like a brother. Twice. That same thing happens. And then the very last time, Jesus meets Peter where he is, and and he uses the word that Peter was using. He says, okay, Peter, do you love me like a brother? 
And that's why this says that, that Peter was, was grieved because like in his mind, now he's probably thinking that Jesus thinks less of the way that Peter actually feels about him. So he says, Lord, you, you know all things. You know, how I, you know how I feel about you. You're really going to make me say it? I don't want to. Because the last time I expressed the way that I felt about you, the last time I talked a big game, I ended up showing you the opposite of what I said that I felt about you. The last time that I told you I would ride or die with you, I denied you three times, so, so my words don't really mean nothing. So if I tell you that I love you in the way that you're asking me, I, I might end up proving myself wrong again, so let's just go with whatever you know of me. And he's beating himself up because he's ashamed, because he's realized that he is the failure friend. He's realized that now. He, he realizes that he's never been good enough. He's always going to fail. He's always going to come short. It doesn't matter what he thinks he feels about Jesus. What if I'm wrong? What if there is an event where I'm so afraid of my life? What if the pressure is too strong and I can't live up to the words that I said about Jesus? I'm never going to be good enough, but I love that Jesus somehow is still seeing past what the words Peter is expressing. He's looking past it again, but now he's seeing a completely different Peter. A Peter who begins to grow, who begins to preach in the power of the Holy Spirit, where he ends up dying for the faith. And now he's actually living up to the words that Peter said before, Lord, I will die for you. And he's commissioning Peter, even though he's failed him so many times before. So the word that I have for someone this morning is that if you have been the failure friend to Jesus, just know that he remains the faithful friend. He is the faithful friend. He remains good in our seasons of bad. He remains loving in our seasons of indifference and apathy. Even though we are not good enough, he alone is good enough. And he counts you as a friend. So don't discredit yourself because God never does. Do you receive that this morning, church? I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's hard to read the room sometimes with you guys. I, I ain't gonna lie. But I want this to get through to you because we're not good enough. We don't deserve his friendship, but he is still holding us to such a high standard that in my mind, I'm like, why? Why? And God, if I tell you that I love you today, and if I tell you that I'm ready to do it today, and if I say yes today, what's, the, what's, 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 uh, what's that to mean for tomorrow where my heart's going to be tomorrow? That doesn't matter. He's still calling you to something greater this morning. And he wants you. He loves you. He counts you as his friend. And too many of us think that we're not good enough, so we... We just turn the cold shoulder and, 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 and we just think, well, since I'm not good enough, I'm just not going to be his friend, but he still wants to be your friend. And so I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. And I wanted to preach this message again because of our friends and family. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning that, that God thinks so highly of you.
think so highly of you. And he wants to go closer. He wants to be closer to you. Right there where you're at, I'm just going to ask that you bow your head. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God. Because you are the faithful friend, Lord, even when I'm the failure. Even when I'm not good enough, Lord. You are good enough. And I thank you, Father God, for for your friendship, Lord. I thank you, my God, for your faithfulness that you've extended to me time and time again, Father. I thank you, my God, because you you still today, you see past the mistakes that I I haven't even made yet, the mistakes that I'm still going to make, my God, and and you still want to be my friend. I don't understand that, my God, but you are so good. You are so good. And this morning, if there's anyone here who has not accepted that friendship, you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, you're not walking with him, I don't know, for whatever reason, but today you want to grab hold of the salvation that is available to every single person. I'm going to make a call. I'm I'm simply going to ask that you raise your hand. If you say... I want to accept Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. I want to walk with Him. I want to grow with Him. I want to fulfill my my God-given purpose, the reason that I was even created. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right there where you're at. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.